He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a spring, beautiful spring Friday morning in the hill country of Texas. And uh, if I don't remember or run out of time, uh, be nice to the tourists. For crying out loud, be nice to the tourists. In fact, uh, you may find yourself a stranger in a strange land someday. I was, uh, I'm going to be a tourist this weekend, so... Um, I hope they treat me well in uh, Tyler. So we're going to do all kinds of touristy things in Tyler this weekend. And so I'll report back to you on uh, Tuesday as to how uh, how tourists were treated in Tyler. And uh, we'll see if uh, the Hill Country can hold up to that standard. And I uh, said I'd be back Tuesday. I have uh, got a great show already recorded for you on Monday and uh, I've got a, a new first quarter and a new fourth quarter, but uh, in the middle, I have put a couple of really good interviews, um, not because of my interviewing skills, but because of the people on the other end. Um, I've got Jim Jordan. I uh, did a good interview with him in uh, early December, as well as Seth Keschel in early December, and uh, so I got both of those uh, cleaned up. Uh, Seth's, I had to do a lot of uh, surgery on the Seth Keschel interview because I think there's three or four times in there we talked about the fact that, well, he was going to be in uh, the Hill Country on such and such a day, and so we couldn't have that playing. Everybody would be showing up to uh, a non-existent Seth Keschel uh, program. So anyway, I tried to uh, surgically remove all of those parts. I hope I got all of them. And uh, so Monday, have a great show already lined up for you on Monday. So uh, let's get to the uh, calendar of events. And by the way, I have in the studio with me this morning, Mr. Wes Verdell. Good morning, Wes. Morning. How's it going? All right. So Wes drove down all the way down from Brady. From Brady. All the way down from Brady this morning. And uh, so he had uh, he was probably starting to drive about the time I was just getting out of bed. So yeah, Left about 7 o'clock. Yeah, there you go. So we're going to have a great looking forward to our visit with Wes today in the studio. Tomorrow is the first Saturday in uh, of the month. And uh, about a year ago, I guess, uh, there was a group that started uh, first Saturday prayer at the Kerrville Courthouse. And uh, during the winter months, they moved into a church building because it's cold at 1 o'clock on Saturday in December most of the time. So over the uh, winter, they moved into a church. This Saturday, they're going to be back at the Kerr County Courthouse um, at the flagpoles from 1 to 2. And uh, so please join um, any of your uh, fellow Christians there tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Kerr County Courthouse. Uh, boy, we need prayers for our country. We need prayers for our state. We need prayers for the city. We need prayers for the county. We all need prayers. So 
That is uh, tomorrow at 1 o'clock at the Kerr County Courthouse. If you are able to go to Houston tomorrow or you find yourself in Houston tomorrow, the, uh, the uh, Freedom Gala is, um, and actually, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you about it, but last I heard it was sold out, West Verde- or Wesley, all these Wawa people coming in here, Wesley, uh, <laughs> yeah, whoever I had the other day, Weston Martinez, oh, there we yeah. go, Weston Martinez, man, we got Wesley, Weston, Weston, I, I mean, I'm telling you. I ran into him at the Alamo on the anniversary Oh, this month. all right. Yeah, he is. Uh, boy, he is a staunch defender of the Alamo. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, this um, I was told that this um, is already sold out, but uh, it is uh, freedomgalatx.com, freedomgalatx.com. The uh, Mike Lindell, Ken Paxton, uh, Dr. Hotze out of Houston, big supporter of, of uh, conservatives across the state, constitutional conservatives. And he is the uh, person uh, putting on this uh, big gig tomorrow in Houston, and it should be uh, pretty enjoyable. FreedomGalaTX.com. Tuesday night, the Heritage Action uh, Election Integrity Training Zoom. Um, And then next Saturday, and this, listen, I'm telling you, we're excited about this. Next Saturday is uh, celebrate the first year of helping return the government to the people. I'm telling you, it was about a year and a half ago that the uh, We the People Liberty in Action uh, organization uh, got kind of got kicked off and got started. There's some good people in that organization, and they have hit the ground running. Um, they're working now on uh, city elections. They're working towards the um, state convention, the Republican convention. I believe they're also uh, working really hard to uh, defeat a bond issue in Kerrville, so anyway, good, good people. If you want to get together, that's next Saturday from 3 to 5 at the Ingram Park. And uh, there's going to be, well, I'm going to be there. The Hummer, the, the Hill Country Patriot Hummer is going to be there. Um, still in negotiations over the uh, Let's Go Brandon uh, shirts. Um, Harley's hanging on to those, man. I'm yeah. telling you, he likes those. I and- drove, drove past a, a house. Where was it at? Just outside of Mason this morning. And it had a huge "Let's Go Brandon" uh, banner on the on the fence. I was like, "Those are my kind of people." <laughs> That's right. Where there's there's some friends you didn't even know you had. So anyway, we're uh, working on that. We'll have some cool, fun stuff out there. And yes, I'll be uh, I'll be DJing. So uh, uh, get to hear. If you were there last year, you you found out what my mo- music choices were. And a lot of people said, "Man, that's some pretty good music you put together." So anyway, that is uh, next Saturday from 3 to 5. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then uh, let's see what else. The Also next Saturday, uh, once again in Houston, the Global, Global COVID Summit. So that is uh, next weekend in Houston as well. I'll try to get you a link on that. I don't have a link on that in my notes, so I'll try to have something for you next week on that. And by the way, good morning, good afternoon to my mom who uh, just arrived in Northern Ireland and is uh, probably, well, it's three, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon or, and over there. And so it's tea time and that's not golf. That's, that's (laughs) tea and that's tea and biscuits and, and no biscuits are not the kind of biscuits you put gravy on. Those are cookies. So, uh, they call them biscuits. 
Yeah, I don't I don't get the tea time thing. You don't? Yeah. Have you ever been to Great Britain or England or any? Uh, my ancestors have. Your Our ancestors an- have. An- yeah, ancestors. That's the way to put it. Yeah. Okay. But you've never uh, you've never been over to the British Isle, our no. former rulers. No, their little kingdom is just shrinking. I mean, year by year, their little uh, world power thing—they're just shrinking and shrinking. Yeah. But I do love the afternoon tea and uh, and and biscuits, and uh, so and it's also always a good time, a good time for friends and people to drop by. And uh, so anyway, mom, I uh, hope you're uh, over your jet lag. I hope you're having some tea and biscuits with some good friends there in uh in castle rock is where she stays quick quick fact uh my mom is a whitley that's her maiden name okay and whitley bay is in over in england that's where the vikings were first coming in invading over there and and that's our family can be traced all the way back to that all the way all right well you know if you have any redheads that the uh the Vikings made their way into your family just a wee bit. If that's, you uh, that's what the genealogy says is most likely. Most likely. Vikings, so. Yeah, there you go. Those guys were pretty wild. I know I've seen those documentaries on TV, you yeah. know, the Vikings. and uh, It's yeah. cool, cool culture. Yeah it, yeah, it is if you like violence, death. and I guarantee and you they didn't confuse gender back then. No, so. they did not. <laughs> they did not at all confuse gender in the days of the Vikings. Um, all right, folks, uh, let me give you a little bit of a random uh, Ben Franklin this morning. And, of course, since it's springtime and we see the all the weddings starting to come up in, in, uh, in the hill country, this is, you know, you got to reserve a, a wedding venue like a year in advance if you want to get married in the hill country in the spring. And uh, so here's uh, good advice to any of you who are here this uh, weekend and, for a marriage, for a wedding or something, Ben Franklin says, keep your eyes wide open before marriage and half shut afterwards. Keep your eyes wide open before marriage and half shut afterwards. There you go, Ben. Thanks for that advice. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with Wes Verdell. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Uh, in the studio with me is Mr. Wes Verdell. Good morning again, Wes. Morning. Good to be here. Yeah. So, um, Wes, uh, Wes and I have been talking for several years, and he had ran. You ran for Congress. Uh, when when was that? That was 2020. 2020. It seems yeah. like forever ago, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> ran for Congress in 2020. In the primary, came in third out of a field of ten. Out of a field of 10 candidates. And we spent very little money, which is good and bad. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then more recently, you ran to to represent House District 52? Uh, 53. 53. All right. Plus or 52, plus or minus one. Plus or minus one. Apparently, (laughs) apparently I like punishment. There you go. 53. So you ran in 53. There were only two people in the primary. Yep. We had the incumbent. You did, um, as far as I'm concerned, I thought you did fairly. I mean, I would have loved to have seen you win. Yeah. But um, I'm telling you, for uh, over one out of every two votes that we your did. opponent got. Yeah, our, our opponent spent five times more than we did, and uh, we still carried 37% of the vote, so we feel pretty good about it. And it's a new district for us. My my home county was not originally in the in the district, 
and we mm-hmm. got brought in. So it was starting off with no name recognition four months ago. So we feel pretty good about that. I do too. I do too. I think we do too. So one of the things that uh, a lot of people, most people out there don't get involved closely with a campaign. Yeah. And so, so um, they, they, you know, they see your posters or they, I mean, the, you know, the yard signs, they get your emails or whatever you're putting out there. They see the ads, but they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. And so that's it's, kind of the kind of the purpose of bringing Wes Vidal in here several times. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a mystery. Even when I first ran for Congress, it was like, I, I tried finding, how do you run? And, mm-hmm. uh, and finding strategy and everything, you will not find that almost anywhere. And if you Google it, you'll find some very generic stuff, but nothing, right. nothing online or, or you pretty no much classes or no, courses trial by fire. Like you just have to do it, but this is opportunity to kind of show people, Hey, here's, here's how it works behind the scenes. So. It does. And I've got a, a little list, uh, uh, in honor of my mom, a wee little list of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, things, uh, that you've brought up about campaigns. Let's talk about volunteers and way to volunteers. So you've, uh, you decide to run for, uh, you run for office. And by the way, just, uh, not trying to insult anybody here, but when you're running for office, you're, you're not getting paid by anybody. Are you? No, no, no you're not. Well, if you're doing it the right way, you're not getting paid by anybody. <laughs> exactly. And very likely you're, you would be a good example of someone of every hour that you're spending out campaign is an hour that you're not at your business. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I work, it's a family business and, uh, you know, it's, we're of the, uh, if you don't work, you don't get paid kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which, you know, it, it, uh, we sacrifice a lot for what we believe in. My, my deal is you'll put your money and your time into things you care about, uh, look around and see where you're putting your money at. And that'll tell you what you, you actually care what about. you think's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I get, I get that quite a bit. People say, well, I don't have the time to do that, Mr. Long. And, and I'm usually very polite and just nod. But then when I get on the radio, I say, you know what, folks, we're all given the same 24 hours. Yep. None of us, I don't, I didn't get bonus hours, no. um, giving me the ability to do more than someone. It's what we choose to do with the time we're given that makes all the difference. And, yep. and where we make those choices really shows us who we are. In fact, I'll bet you we could dig out a handful of scriptures that say that if we really started, if we wanted to start digging. So the importance of volunteers. So just start talking to us about volunteers, different ways that a volunteer can help with a, with a campaign. Just, just go from there. So volunteers are our most crucial asset. Uh, Kerr County had a, had a whole bunch of great volunteers and and uh, I'll name some if you don't mind, but uh, no, I, go ahead. I know I'm going to forget some people, but uh, Amy Spies, mm-hmm. uh, Bonnie White, Bethany Puccio, uh, Terry Hall. Uh, well, I wouldn't say Terry. Well, Terry was very instrumental in, in helping us a lot. Uh, right. And then, but she's with uh, We the, we the people, people. And mm-hmm. uh, and so We the People had sent out a, uh, a voter recommendation list, which was very mm-hmm. helpful for us. Uh, Lee Gibson and David Gibson were extremely helpful. Uh and I know I'm leaving people out. Oh yeah, and we that. always do. Yeah. So you can always just blame it on the live <laughs> mic. There, oh. what, there are bizarre things that happen to one's brain when they're yeah. in front of a live mic. So. And I'll remember all the names as soon as I walk out of here. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. But those, those volunteers, uh, you know, they they get out there. They okay. So as an example, over at Bonnie White's office, uh, Amy Spies and them were out holding signs almost every day that I knew of. That uh, mm-hmm. which is name helping build his name recognition. 
uh, Lee and David, you know, hey, mm-hmm. hey, you need a place to stay, come stay, which allowed us to use more money to, to put towards advertising and campaigning. Uh, so just volunteers providing us a, a place to stay was amazing. Uh, getting out there, helping get name recognition. Uh, Marie and George Hammerline, uh, mm-hmm. you know, door knocking, that that uh, is extremely helpful for us. And so it's something I can never truly show how grateful I am. But if you want to help with a campaign, uh, volunteering is, is one of our best assets. And I know it's a lot of people will volunteer and then the campaigns won't get back to them. Uh, mm. It's also hard to manage uh, volunteers. You generally have to have, a, a volunteer coordinator mm-hmm. that uh that actually works with the volunteers because my my job as the candidate was to go out and try to meet everybody i could so you really got to have a good manager that's taking care of of making not making sure helping the volunteers to volunteer mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. a lot of people just don't just don't know what to do you know they say yeah. look i like you wes i want to see that you get in office what does that take and yeah. so yeah, well, someone I know some of the statewide you mentioned this, some of the statewide candidates will have um a volunteer kind of a, a central person in each county. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you were you you were able to do that in some of your how many counties is HD fifty three? We had sixteen counties. Sixteen counties. And, uh so like Lee Gibson was uh Lee Gibson was our South Texas coordinator. Okay. Uh, un- unofficial title, I guess. Or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh and she was very instrumental in, in helping us meet a lot of people and, and get around the district. So, uh, over in West Texas, or sorry, <coughs> still COVID cough lingering. Or oh something. yeah, that's right. Now it's all over our walls. Yeah. Right over there. Okay. Uh, you know, over in Medina County, we had some volunteers over there that were out, uh, holding up signs, putting out signs for us. One of the big ones was, uh, we can't get to all the voting locations whenever the polling locations were right. happening. So we had a lot of volunteers that went and stuck out our signs at those polling locations, and that that's really helpful mm-hmm. because just in Kirk County, I think there was uh, was it ten or fifteen different voting locations. Oh yeah, I lose track. I know we've got twelve yeah. in uh, Gillespie County, and I know someone will correct me on that, but I believe that's the number. Yeah, and, and we drove around. Me and my campaign manager drove around till like two of the night that that night before the voting and uh just sticking signs out everywhere we could for for it uh and that's another thing is campaign manager having a manager that can coordinate all the stuff that you are unable to do due to time restraints mm-hmm. is a world of difference so when i ran for congress it was just me and my wife we didn't have a campaign team or anything like that and and i tried to work a full-time job at the same time and our district was 330 miles wide 29 counties and anyways i didn't get a lot of sleep like there are a whole lot of three-hour nights of sleep. So. Oh man, I I I I I can't do that. I'm yeah. I am, and and I'm so you know I'll get emails sometime that I'll realize that one of my friends has uh, sent me an email at one fifteen on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, and I know they're not a drunk, so you know, <laughs> and I know they're not a drug addict. This is like yeah. work until one fifteen in the morning. I. I, my body wasn't built that way, and yeah. uh, but it uh, you're going to lose a lot of hours when you're out campaigning like yeah, that. Yeah, motivation you, gives you a lot of and Red Bull. I oh, probably okay. drank more Red Bulls than I should have. There you go, there you go. And you know, you mentioned you're in the first campaign. Your wife uh, talk to us about what uh, when you decide to run for office. Talk to us about the effect and uh, on your family life. Your per- yeah, for, permission from your family. Go ahead, go with yeah, that. Uh, permission. My my wife is very patriotic and uh and she understands the kind of the subculture of what's going on with 
with the Repu- the people who call themselves Republican that are working against us in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she she understood from the beginning. It wasn't a you know like should I do this? Should should I not do this? It's my belief is you follow what you're convicted of, and, and that's what we did. And luckily, I married a great woman who stood beside me on it. And uh, and then uh, as far as family goes, it's it's you know she knew hey if I'm not working, I'm not making money, and uh, so she knew the financial sacrifice. And and wives want to one of the things that make a lot of wives feel safe is knowing there's enough money in the bank to pay the bills and get by. Uh, and she was willing to to deal with that sacrifice. To you know we still paid our bills, but uh, it's extremely tight. And now we're in the process of trying to, to rebuild our bank account to fight. Yeah. To fight back up. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. No, I get it. But, um, I've, I, uh, mom and dad, you have family here in the, the hill country. Yeah. My, my brother's a cop here in Kerrville. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, I knew that. Yep. And so, uh, there's Daniel here. And then, uh, my parents were extremely supportive to, you know, it's a family business and, and me not being there makes it harder on the business. And, and they were very supportive and understanding that, hey, Wes is doing what he feels he's supposed to do. So okay. I'm very, very blessed with the family that I have. I'm very, very blessed. Let's talk about the costs of, uh, let me see what time it is. Actually, what we need to do, we need to take a wee little break right now. And uh, when we get back, uh, we've got a whole list. we got two or three hours worth of things to talk about. So uh, there'll be no shortage of uh, things to talk about when we get back. Y'all stay tuned. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for stu- staying tuned, for tuning stayed. I have in uh, the uh, studio with me Mr. Wes Verdell, uh, two-time uh, candidate. And uh, one of the things I know about Wes, and I talked to him, I think, a few days afterwards. I said, Wes, you, you didn't get that right. You didn't win this one. But uh, if you just disappear and then come back out in two years and want my vote again, yeah. We got we got to see some work in between time. Yep. Yeah, and uh, there are a lot of folks out there we just see every two years. Yeah, they to, just fade into the dark. Yeah, they uh, just kind of disappear. So what I know that wasn't on our list here, but is there anything you're looking at that maybe possibly it would be a topic or an area that you would like to really get engaged in between now and uh, two years? Yeah, well, the, uh, the state convention's coming up. And mm-hmm. so I'll be a delegate at the state convention. So I'll see you there. In That's right. And, you know, I was a national delegate two years ago for the Republican Party for uh, CD11. Oh. And uh, and I'm hoping to be a national delegate this time. I was really disappointed. We were supposed to have the, the convention, the national convention. And unfortunately, people let COVID scare them into not having that, which is the same way that we had with the state party uh, oh, convention yeah. last time. I still went to Houston last time. And that yeah, was I was a, down there too. It was pretty awesome. There yeah. was uh, <laughs> there was no traffic. Yeah, there was. <laughs> it was a weird sight. We were down uh, outside of the hotel at one point, and they have that tram, that Amtrak or whatever that's called. Yeah, thing yeah. That comes by, and you remember the voice from the Hunger Games that comes over uh, the dome. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, while we were down there, the tram was giving these COVID protocol from a speaker from a box, so there's nobody around. But you would hear this ding, ding, then this voice would come on. 
and start telling everybody to remember to stay away from people and everything. It was a super weird experience. Oh, absolutely. And the homeless were all over the place. Yeah. That, that was the other interesting thing was the homeless people were uh, all, all over the place. So uh, let's see, which one of these, um, oh, which one of these in our little uh, tick list here? Um, the, um, you, you say something about uh, uh, accessible to voters. That's, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, so uh, one thing that I did is, is I put my number on everything. I tell everybody my phone number, like, hey, call me. I want to talk to you. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll spend all day on the phone talking to, to everybody I can. And most candidates won't do that. And, or they'll create a, a temporary phone, like a Google Voice phone mm-hmm. or something like that. And, uh, and then when they, they're done campaigning, that number disappears. Now, you would think that I would have a ton of phone calls from putting my number out and people wanting to know more about it. I maybe got one call every couple of days from voters wanting to know more about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would encourage everybody get the candidates numbers for the people that are running for office, call them up, have a conversation, be aware that candidates are going to, the, the corrupt ones are going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. That's, uh, but, but dig in, ask them a lot of questions and then spend time, actually go to the forums and, and volunteering, like we we're talking about, that's a way to really get to know a candidate. He may not be the candidate you want, but volunteer for a little bit get to where their guards down and see what they're really like. Uh, exactly. Cause you can always walk away. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, I would highly encourage everybody reach out to the candidates. Uh, you know, my, my opponent, you won't find his number anywhere as far as I know. Very few people have his phone number. And most of the complaints that we heard were, uh, we never get a call back or we can never get a hold of them or anything like that. A state rep should be extremely accessible to all voters in the district. Absolutely. And, uh, and, when you set up filters or, or uh, firewalls where, where your constituents can't get a hold of you, that's not a good thing. So. No, it's not at all. So um, are, is part of what you're uh, going to do possibly in this next legislative session be to uh, pay a special attention to what um, our uh, elected uh, representative for HD53 is going to be up to? You're going to be paying yeah. attention. Yeah, I'll be paying attention. You know, we uh, – we, from when we were in our prior district, we had a really bad state rep. And I, that's, that's what I do is I pay attention to voting records, not what they say, not what they advertise, but what their actual voting records are. And uh, we had J.D. Sheffield, if you remember that name. Yeah, I do. He was terrible state rep for District 59. And uh, we helped with uh, Shelby Slauson, who ended up getting to be the author of the Heartbeat Act. Uh, mm-hmm. So she became our step state rep, and, and we helped her out in our county while I was running for Congress. I was still also out trying to drum up a lot of support for Shelby. Uh, and any district I'm I'm in, if we have a bad guy there, I'm paying attention to that voting record, and I'm trying to get whoever we can to replace them. So we're, you know, speaking of that, we're I'm already looking to uh, next January, and uh, we're already going to start scheduling how uh, workshops on how to track, how to watch. Um, because it's, uh, first of all, people say, well, what's, uh, you know, Billy or Andy's whatever, pick a name voting record after the session is over. And so that's not always real easy to find then. I mean, you've got to go down by, you know, uh, by bill or you have to trust some kind of scorecard or yeah. something like so that. The Texas scorecard, uh, is really good at kind of pointing out, uh, serious issues that are mm-hmm. going on. And the Texan does a really good job with that too. And, uh, and so, <coughs> excuse me, 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd on, I'll get into the house bills, actually read what, what the changes are in the bill that they're proposing. Uh, so to me, I like the meat and potatoes of that. Mm-hmm. It's not exciting, but, but it's important. So you've got to figure out what's going on there. Uh, so you're going to Tyler, which I'm assuming you're going to the coalition meeting. Yeah. That- oh, the secret squirrel meeting yep. at and, an uh, undisclosed location in Northeast Texas. Yeah. So, uh, that, that group is fantastic. They're the ones that that discovered that the uh, voter fraud penalties were reduced down to a misdemeanor. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of those groups are really important. So I try to pay attention to as many of those groups as I can because I can't look at everything every day through. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Fredericksburg Tea Party is great at pointing out stuff to people. So so those organizations help bring light to the bills because as a as a citizen, it's hard for me to know what. But but I do go to the Capitol and uh, and I do testify in committee hearings. That started for me ten or twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, we didn't have open carry, and I'm a huge gun gun rights guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Second Amendment, which is right there on your wall. On oh yeah, board. along with the, the the rest of yeah, them. Yeah, that's a restriction <laughs> on the government. It's not a restriction on the citizen. So that's right. how I got involved and and uh, just continue there and that's how i started learning and meeting groups and meeting y'all and everything else well the um uh, when it comes to keeping uh, track of uh, their behaviors there's a lot of things we can look for uh for uh, during this you know when did they sign on to a bill did they co-author yeah. a, an important bill did they get co-author it early or late yeah. did they uh yeah you know there are so many different layers to that and yeah. a lot of them will say, well, I voted for that bill. And you're going and you're thinking, yeah, at the last second yep. or, or yeah, you voted for it, but you didn't stand and fight for it. No, and so there's so many different layers. Yeah. There's some people that if you just look at the voting record at the end of the year, they look pretty conservative. But if you actually go back and look at what they did in committees and what bills they signed on to and versus, uh, so constitutional carry, that's a good example. And, and, uh, that didn't come on here just to bash my opponent or anything like that but uh you know he wouldn't he, he verbally would not support constitutional carry for two sessions prior oh yeah very clearly and, yep and then this one he supported it but he waited till the last day to join on to the bill uh and vote for it because it's a it's a political windsock if uh, okay if i don't support this bill it's going to cost me an election right and uh and then you get a bunch of mailers that that tell you hey here's you know i i, I did this and did that and took credit for a lot of things that he wouldn't support before but uh, last minute. Okay, now I can help help myself get reelected. Yeah. And when we talk about the Mellers and the expenses, TV ads. Uh, oh yeah, bring up TV ads because so I have a uh, uh, consultant that took care of a lot of that for me. But like a TV ad for us to run one TV ad for I think seven spots a day for a month was fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars for one one channel. Uh, and then there's other stuff where you can hit multiple, uh, target multiple different platforms at one time. Uh, so Facebook and El Toro, I think we spent $11,000 on advertising through that. And that's a lot of the digital stuff. So if you get on your computer and an ad pops up with my name or whoever's name, that's generally through El Toro. And, uh, you know, between Facebook and that, we spent $11,000. Man, I have a hard time giving, even considering giving a penny to Facebook. But, you know, it's if you're yeah you got to do what you got to do yeah and think about this is this is on a small a small budget uh you know if if you got four hundred thousand like like my opponent had then you can you can throw hundred thousand dollars at facebook and and youtube and everything else so so Mm -hmm. your goal is to reach every every voter you can 
Uh, I love that that there's voters who are engaged and want to know about candidates, especially the guys that were guys and gals that were calling me asking questions. Uh, but there are a group of voters that literally just show up the the day of the voting and and say, oh well, I saw these signs and I saw this advertisement and he seems friendly and he says what I like and mm-hmm. they vote for it. I had one guy reach out to me and the problem with me, while I probably may never be elected, is because I'm too brutally honest and. Uh, <laughs> And I had somebody reach out to me and they were like, hey, you know, I'm just now learning about you. Uh, you know, I don't like that you're negative campaigning some. And, and we were trying to expose a voting record of the incumbent. Right. So, so there is going to, I call it truth telling, not necessarily right. negative campaigning. And, uh, and anyways, I replied back to him. I said, hey, if you're about to go into the voting booth and you're just now researching who the candidates are, you're the problem with America right now. Absolutely. You are. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you said something about, uh, it just reminded me, I've had over the years, people who don't know me well will ask, say, you should think about running for office. And those who know me really well know a whole lot better than that. And uh, I, 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 don't have, I don't have the patience. I don't have the temperament to, uh, to run for, I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't have the temperament. you got to take a lot of uh, the Irish in me, I guess. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't know if I have the temperament either. Uh, right. You know, I said something at a forum that some, shocked some people, and and you know, basically we have rapists and uh, sex traffickers, uh, which I guess they're included in the rapist category, drug smugglers, and all that coming across our border. And right now, there's no consequences for them. So I made a statement about how to send a message to those guys real quick, and and uh, that that probably hurt me a little bit with uh, some more moderate groups. But mm-hmm. uh, so you got to be careful about what you say. Uh, I'd probably still say it, but yeah, but the uh, yeah, we're you you have to be a little bit temperament or better filtered. Yeah, and my my consultant told me because I am a I guess you'd say I'm a far right guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my consultant's like, man, Wes, we were we were worried you were going to say something crazy that was going to cost you the race, and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I did say one thing, but but anyways, they were happy that, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything right. like that. I'm just a very small government-based ideology, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's what I fight for. And and, uh, and I guess I say some controversial things, but I don't have a problem with saying those things either. You know, things that are controversial these days are statements like a boy can become cannot become a girl. <laughs> Who would have thought that would be controversial? That's controversial. Yeah. You know, it, it's controversial to ask a Supreme Court judge nominee if she can uh, define uh, a woman, what is a? She's a, not a biologist. You know, she's not a bi. <laughs> me and me and my wife, when our kid was born, you know, neither one of us were biologists, so we weren't sure what the what, you, really what he was. Did but. you did you have to <laughs> seek uh, outside? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, our doctor wasn't a biologist either, so they weren't sure. <gasps> no. no, and so there was just this mass confusion. Yeah. Y'all all stood around and craziest craziest thing. I'm I know what's this world coming to. So, um, let's talk about, let's see, uh, um, oh, well, I'll, I'll say this real quick while you're looking for that. No, so ahead. we campaigned for four months uh-huh. and, uh, and I mean, we were, and we did our best to get into every County. Uh, some counties don't have active Republican groups, which is, makes it harder to reach out to some of the voters there. Uh, you know, when a race is coming up, uh, it's frustrating if somebody the day before election says, Hey, we just heard of you. Oh, it's like, well, we've been campaigning oh. for four months so and yeah sure we didn't have a ton of money to to spend a bunch of advertising on anything but the voter is ultimately responsible for going out and researching the candidates not 
the, the candidate does everything they can to try to reach the voter. But we as voters should be reaching, you know, saying, hey, our country matters. The people that are there matter. We need to actually research who who is is running for office and not just show up the day before. Or even look, a lot of people, and I've been there the day before, oh, who's on the ballot? And, oh, yeah, uh, I know. I you know. cannot we find out it. enough about that person in in 30 minutes or one day of looking at something. So. Yeah, and and you know the problem I it, it's I was caught uh, um, I don't know it was probably six years ago and uh, people were like you said the same thing the day before and I'm I'm thinking why should I you know you want me to educate you at the last minute yeah. and uh, someone said well why don't you just carry um, sample ballots around <laughs> and I remember just thinking that was so bizarre yeah. that um, okay I'm going to hand you this ballot that I've marked with my preferences. And first of all, I didn't think very many people would want them. I mean, there was just so many notions I had about that that were so wrong. Yeah. And um, when I was talking about it at a meeting, and I had not already had my my uh, ballots in my pocket, but I said something about, listen, I always have ballots in my back pocket, and this is how we do this going into the primaries. And Someone came up to me after the meeting. Well, let me have one of those ballots out of your back pocket. And I was like, that one I was, I was I, they weren't there. I hadn't quite done them yet. So yeah. you got to stay on top of that. And, uh, and, and that is very, very frustrating. We need to take a, a wee little break and uh, we will uh, be right back after this. Y'all stay tuned. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you, Uncle Ted, for bringing us in on the fourth quarter on a Friday. We love Uncle Ted. Listen, I've been talking enough about him. There are actually, honestly, several people out there who have some connections with Ted and are working to get me in touch with him. And so uh, we're, we are getting closer and closer after three years, after three years of, of praising Uncle Ted in here every Friday and I, I'll, I'll look at the door to see if maybe there's a shadow on the on the door that maybe he's standing out there waiting. Um, but I think we're getting closer. Yeah, I want to. I would like to spend just half a day with him shooting archery. And uh, oh, I know. So Are he you? grew up around Fred Bear, uh, Bear uh-huh. Archery, right? And uh, up in Michigan. And so, and then here he is being a pretty big archery guy. So I'm a big fan of him. Do you do you shoot bows and arrows? Yep, I do. You do? Is yeah. that not? Isn't that cultural appropriation? Uh, no, no. And I, I shoot instinctive, and and then I shoot compounds with sights and all that too. But but I. What's in? What's instinctive? What's uh, instinctive is no sights, and I shoot a Turkish bow, which I like the old Hungarian style. Uh, like I know what that means, but so that's it's, all right. It's point and shoot, no sights. It's natural yep. muscle memory, and and uh, your your eye stares at the target, and you naturally know where to where to shoot at. So naturally and a bunch of practice i'm assuring yeah it takes a lot it and, takes and a i'm lot still terrible practice. at it but i like it so. i had a cousin he passed away about a year ago but he loved to bow hunt in colorado and and uh at some point i asked him about his uh you know his they, i think they opened bow hunting a week before or something yeah, like month. that 
So, yeah, and so, uh, and in Colorado, deer hunting is a lot different than in Texas. You know, in Texas, we put the feeders out, yeah, you know. I, we, I don't, but yeah, most yeah, people yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, in Colorado, you actually have to, uh, so anyway, my cousin Kirk, he says, when he goes hunting with, uh, when he goes out with his bow hunting, he says, yeah, it's hiking with a bow is what it is. Yeah. yeah hiking I, with a bow. My parents made fun of me for a couple of years because I'm, I'm a Western style hunter, so no, no blind, no feeder, uh, I'm a spot and stalk kind of guy. Okay. And so for two years, I was trying to get this axis, that really nice axis. And I was trying to do it with a bow. And and one day, all the stars aligned, the wind was perfect, and I was able to follow him for 400 yards and got within 25 yards and got my shot on him. So. Oh, man. Is that when, is that when you got his head up on the wall? Or? Uh, I've got his horns at our shop on the wall. His yeah. horns he up. He scored on. 141 on a safari club, which is pretty good. So. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we got more reasons to get the bow hunter in here, to get Ted in here. All right. So um, let's talk about the importance and uh, the power of, uh, uh, of God in your campaign. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, one sec. <coughs> that cough has been lingering around for a couple of weeks now. So the uh, it is important on, on faith, and, and that's where the conviction comes from if – if you have faith in, in your creator and what you're doing and and uh, you don't have doubts on whether you're doing the right thing or not, uh, for I say that you don't have doubts, you do have some. Like, am I really sure. supposed to be doing this? But but uh, luckily, we knew that we were doing the right thing. Uh, so one of my favorite verses, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, Luke 22, 38, if I remember right, uh, which might be taken out of context. But it's basically, I uh, can't remember the exact wording, but but basically he says, if you don't have a sword, sell your sell your cloak. Is that right? Uh, yeah, can, yeah, something like that. Let's see if we get there. And Jesus said, um, all right, not 22 and 8, but that's all right. Yeah, uh, that is. 20, 22, 38. Okay, 22, 38. So anyway, but yeah, that is, uh, there is a time for, um, let's see, here we go, 37, uh, 38. They said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. You know, that they, I know some preachers listen to me say that right now. I was like, you're taking that completely out of context. But, <laughs> but what it, what it means to me is, Hey, get your sword and go fight. Uh, which I know, like I said, I guarantee I'm going to get calls after this and Hey, he took that verse out of context. But that's what I think of is, is, uh, we're supposed to be, be, it's weird to say soldiers or fighters, for the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and our kids are watching us. Uh, every one of us that that's listening right now, your kids are watching you. That's so right. They're paying attention. Are they, are they watching you stand up and fight for, for what is just and, and right? Or, or are they watching you to not do those things and kind of just focus on some other things in life? So these, um, uh, I did, I'm looking at the context of that, um, Matthew 22 or Luke 22 and uh, it's during the Lord's Supper and, and shortly after, and they're talking about um, he's, that's where he uh, tells Peter that he's going to uh, betray him uh, three times before the cock crows. And then here's where he kind of, uh, he, he kind of reminds them that he's got their back. He's got their six. He's got their, he's got their 12 and their six. That's yeah. one of the things I was saying for a while, God has your back. And I had to stop saying that because God has, we got to, he's got, he's all the way around us. But in uh, Matthew 22, he says, um, he, he asks the uh, disciples in 35, he said to them, when I sent you out without money belt and a bag and sandals, you did not lack anything, did you? 
So he's reminding them that there was a point in time when he sent them into a city and he said, don't take your bet, don't take your money, don't take your bag, don't take anything. Just go into the city. And of course, you know, it's like, well, what am I going to eat? You know, how am I going to, we all ask that question all the time. And he says, did you lack anything? I sent you in there without money, without a bag, without your sandals. Is, did you come up short with anything? And they all answered and they said, no. And uh, then he says to them, but now whoever has a money bag is to take it along, likewise also a bag. And whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. For I tell you that this which is written must be filled full, fulfilled in me. And this was uh, uh, a prophecy. It says, and he was numbered with transgressors. For that which refers to me has its full and so he's saying, well, before, look, I was going to send you out. You trust in me. He says, now grab a bag, grab some money and grab a sword because. Yeah. So, uh, and, and talking about the context of that, uh, I knew that, that we would not be in a position. So I don't, I don't come from a wealthy family. We don't have a, a ton of money or anything like that. Uh, but I knew we would be taken care of if we're pursuing the right thing and we made it through it. Uh, and now we're working on, on rebuilding back our savings account and everything but we uh we we did the right thing and we knew that that we would be taken care of through that you step so, out in faith yep and you know that's not easy for me in my life it hasn't been real easy to know when i am stepping in the right direction yeah and that one that one's a tough one on me my motto which is kind of a military motto too uh but it's be too done to know any better yeah. Okay. <laughs> Be too dumb to if know. If you don't any think better. about it and just follow your conviction, you yeah. know it'll it'll work out. But uh, if you think about things, you're gonna you're gonna talk yourself out of doing. If things, you overthink so. it, yeah. overtalk it. Yeah, Solomon was yeah. Uh, pretty clear on that. He yeah, that, that, I'm not special forces, but the uh, the Green Beret guys, you know, and and the Navy guys. Uh, there's a really good book called Breaking Buds. And they talk about, you know, it's not the smartest guy. It's not the most athletic guy that gets through those qualifying courses. It's the guy that's too dumb to quit. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, Let's see. We have, um, yeah, the faith. And this has been kind of my theme for the last couple of weeks. And we've been talking about parents out taking risks by standing up against, um, by just by making a stand. Yeah. And uh, this uh, whole pornography thing, um, there were uh, there there was just this fear that look if I come out and I speak out against or uh, against my uh, you know the the school board, then my neighbors are all going to label me as uh, you know a hateful person, or people are going to start talking about me, or they'll start something nasty on Facebook about me. And so one of the things that I think is a very sad disease that our country is going through right now is people who just they know what's right they know what's right and true and proper but they're afraid they're afraid to lose their place they're afraid to stand up they're afraid to get poked at they're afraid to be made fun of and i guess when you go out and we just have a couple of minutes here but as a candidate that's exactly what you're doing you're you're standing up yeah, I don't. I don't like the spotlight. I'm not the center. I'm the guy. If I go to a big crowd, I sit in the back and mm-hmm. don't. I'm not. I'm not the guy that wants the attention or anything like that. But I believe in standing up and and uh, when you don't like the people that are are there, if you don't agree with the job they're doing, then uh, then it's our duty to stand up against them and and 
I would love, I guarantee you there's somebody more qualified for me and I would love for that more qualified person to, to be the one running for office. Mm. But if you feel like no one else is stepping up and, and so you do what you have to. So, yeah. So any, uh, um, you know, I don't want to, I know Trump doesn't like to answer, answer this question, but any plans for 2024? Depends on voting records. So depends on voting records. <laughs> if, if we watch the incumbent work against Republican priorities, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be back. So. Mm. Okay. All right. Andy, there's your chance, bud. Clean it up. You're, <laughs> you bring it on around. I think this will be Mr. Myers fourth term going uh, in. Yeah. He's, he's been in eight years now. This will be his fifth. So, so it'll be his fifth term. now. Now he'll get his retirement. Yeah, he's that. Yeah. That's right. He's good. He's re- his retirement. I actually heard a yeah. candidate say that a few years ago. It's like, look, I need just one more term and I'll get my, and it just, you know, I, I mean, I yes. wanted to stoop down and grab rocks right then. There and shouldn't it, be retirement. For it, public service, there shouldn't so. be. In fact, did you know that during the constitutional convention that there was a lot of time spent on whether we should pay our elected officials? I mean, it was crazy. And Franklin said, you know, even if you offer them, because one of the things said, well, look, let's just give them some travel money and uh, and cover their expenses while they're in Washington. I mean, if you had to ride in a buggy from, you know, from uh, yeah. uh, Georgia or, you know, <laughs> South Carolina yeah. up to Washington, they were saying, look, these guys ought to at least have, you know, let's pay for a place for them to stay while they're in Washington. And there were a lot of real common sense arguments like that. And Ben Franklin comes along and in a really good, well-written piece, he says, uh, if we pay them even for travel or even for their lodging and uh, food while they're here, it will turn into how much more can they get out of it. And it was so amazing. It's insatiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, power, greed, money. Uh, you look at all the people that are supporting some of these these incumbents that are there, mm-hmm. and it's it's an insatiable appetite for for uh, power and money. And the I know we're running out of time. We real quick the uh, the way that they're making money too is the lobbyists help their family members out. <sighs> so, yeah, yeah. We got to do. We got to figure that out. And the answer, by the way, is not getting rid of lobbyists. That's a whole nother show. <sighs> We'll talk about that one some thanks, other time. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Wes. I appreciate it. We got we got some scripture in today in the fourth quarter. That's really great. Folks, uh, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine. And uh, if we uh, see you uh, in Tyler this weekend, that'll be a blast. And uh, I'll be back live on the air on Tuesday. But listen, don't don't sleep in on Monday. There's uh, That's a good program. I, I'd forgotten how good the... Uh, how good Jim Jordan was when we had that call. So uh, have a good weekend. Be nice to the tourists.